Do you prefer to sing and play music as a Dungeons and Dragons character? Do you like to be the jack of all trades and the master of none? If you answered yes to these questions, oh boy, do I have a class for you. Today on the Indra Sage, we continue our class discussion with the Bard on today's Sing and Dance and Play Some Funky Music edition of the Inzer Sage. Hello gamers. Today's topic is one I'm happy to be talking about. I can say that I've never played a traditional Bard, as the only Bard I've ever played was from the second edition of the game. He was a blade kit from the Bard's Handbook. So let's start with where the ideas for Bards came from. The word Bard comes from the Celtic word Bardo, which produced the Scottish and Irish Gaelic word bard. The word means poet singer, which translated into English as a strolling minstrel. The D&D version is a hodgepodge of three different kinds of musical singers. The Norse Skald, the Celtic Bard, and the Minstrel of Southern York. Um, and we're going to... The first set of rules where the bard appeared was in the Strategic Review Number 6, uh, February of 1976. This conception of the bard is a combination of thief, magic user, and fighter, a journalist type of class which is not often seen in D&D. Their abilities included memorizing a creature through song and plant suggestion in the enemy's mind. In case diplomacy fails, the ability to recall lore, limited thief skills, limited magic user spells, proficiency with weapons. This conception of the bard was generally retained throughout D&D history. Um, back then, that was humans, elves, dwarves, and halflings could be bards, though only humans could, could progress past the 8th level. Seven bardic colleges are listed with the bard progresses through like ranks. Later the edition of the game would retcon these as individual bardic institutions. Uh, the monk and bard in Dungeon, Dragon 17, August 1978, introduced rules for the bard and monk in the Dungeon board game. And I highly recommend, if you can find a copy of it, get yourself a copy of that dungeon board game. It's fun. It's like playing a tabletop like board game of like old school D&D kind of. Like, it's, it's like a very, very basic like version of it. Um, that's like the easiest way I can explain it. Uh, I... I mean, it's been years. I'm, I've been looking for a copy myself lately. Uh, but needless to say, um, in 1978, the Bard appeared in the Player's Handbook of the first edition D&D. It was optional at the DM's discretion and regulated to an appendix due to its controversial position as a generalist, generalist class. Um, and... At that time, it required a peculiar progression to become one. The player must first reach at least 5th level as a fighter, then switch to the thief class before 8th level, then become a druid before level 9. 
Gaiax envisioned the Bard as somewhat thief-like class, and the historical connections between the Bard and Druid of Celtic history were well established. The Bard now gains Druid spells and is limited in weapon proficiencies. In addition to the abilities of the Bard in strategic review that may inspire morale and allies with poetics in their singing and playing can negate sonic attacks. Um, bards in this first edition have to be either human or half-elf. They have to have at least a 15 strength, dex, wisdom, and charisma, a 12 intelligence, a 10 con, and they have to be neutral. Um, a variant of Gaiax's bard with the ability to read languages and cast illusion magic in addition to druid spells appeared in uh, singing a new tune Dragon number 56 1981 of December by Jeff Goles uh, followed by the variant songs instead of spells Further variants appeared in Dragon 60, April 1982, uh, with The Gesture by Roger Moore, and Dearman's Last Jest by Arthur W. Collins. Um, in Dragon 103, uh, November 1985, Gary Gags announced plans for a new Bard subclass, The Jester, for the upcoming AD&D 2nd edition. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Following his departure from TSR, the plans were scrapped. Um, the Bard appeared in the D&D Player's Handbook and Player's Handbook uh, Revised as an optional class. In this edition, the Bard and Thief formed the Rogue character archetype. Um, in that edition, the Bard could wield any weapon, wear any armor up to chainmail. They now have wizard spells again, reverting Gags' juridic shift. Uh, they have a chance to identify magic items and to sing or chant a counter song or poem to negate enemy song or poetry based magic. Uh, the bard can now influence the reaction of enemies with speech or song. Uh, like Gags' first edition, they retain the human or half elf race restrictions and neutral alignment restrictions. Although now they're easier to qualify for, requiring only 15 Charisma, 13 Intelligence, and 12 Dexterity. They retain the ability to inspire allies. Um, they received a class-like specific source book, the Complete Bard's Handbook in 92. Um, and then various kits appearing in Dragon Magazine included the Dandy and Outlaw in Dragon 189. The Fakir in 2.25, Digerst in 2.52, and Storyteller in 2.57, with additional Bard articles in 2.02 and 2.56. And I'm just going to talk about the Bard handbook uh, for a moment. Um, I played a blade kit from that handbook. Uh, that was what my character Calloway was, the only Bard I ever played. Um... He was a blade, a barbed blade. Um, and then in third, before I found the blade prestige class, I ended up just making him a fighter thief. Or not a fighter thief. A thief. A thief mage, rogue mage. Uh, pretty. He was 
And then I found the, the blade kit, and then that I added that to him at a later point. Um, third edition, the Bard appeared as a core class in the Player's Handbook uh, 3.0, 2000, and Player's Handbook 3.5 in 2003. Uh, they possess arcane spellcasting abilities similar to a wizard, but their spell list includes even some healing spells like Cure Light Wounds. Unique among arcane spellcasting classes, they receive fewer spells, uh, reaching at most only six level spells. Uh, excuse me, compared to the wizard's ninth. The bard's a spontaneous caster, like the sorcerer, does not require a spell book in this version. Their music includes the ability to inspire courage, which would grant attack and damage bonus to allies. Uh, counter song against sonic attacks fascinate of an opponent at higher levels they can inspire competence which in granted allies a skill bonus inspired greatness a strong combat buff and plan a suggestion in enemies in D&D 3.5 they gained improved music with level stronger inspired courage mass suggestion a song of freedom to break enchantments and an inspire heroics defensive buff they retain their bardic knowledge they're proficient only with light armor and a few one-handed weapons, but can now use shields. Like all classes in third, they're available in any any race and have no ability score requirements. Um, the original third edition player's handbook depicted Devis, a half-elf, as the iconic bard due to its traditional racial limit in AD&D 2nd edition. 3-5 replaced Devis with Gimbal, a gnome bard, to reflect the change in the gnome's favorite class. Um, expansion books containing material for the bard included Song and Silence, 2001, Complete Adventurer, 2005, Complete Scoundrel, 2007, and content for the bard and beard for, appeared in Dragon Magazines, 277, 301, 311, 322, 323, handbook number two. And I, like I mentioned before, I did not get into 4th edition, was not a fan of it, so I really don't talk too much about it. In 5th edition, the Bard is a core class, uh, appearing in the Player's Handbook, 5th uh, edition 2014. Their music can grant a die to an ally who can roll it at any point out a bonus to any d20 roll. Which is actually a pretty awesome ability if you think about it because, I mean, hey, the ability to, you know, re any, you know, Being able to add points to any role is always a bonus. Um, bards gain 
bonuses to skill use and ability checks to represent their jack of all trades nature and the ability to counter song mind effects. They also join a bardic college that provides individual specialties such as lore study and cutting words or combat efficiency as the Norse scouts. Um, and I know in one of the newest books they have the Bard Blades, so I can finally play uh, old Calloway the way he was meant to be played as a blade. But uh, the creative origins of the Bard, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Like I mentioned where, you know, um, they first appeared. Well, according to Doug Schweiman's original article in Strategic Review 6, which introduced them, the class takes inspiration from the Norse Skald, the warrior poets and historians of Scandinavia. Um, Celtic bards honored storytellers who reportedly followed heroes into battle to retell their deeds and also acted as neutral diplomats. And then... Uh, the Southern European minstrel musicians who entertained royalty. In medieval Ireland, the bard was a highly respected professional of poets, storytellers, and historians. They trained for many years and held a prominent role of learning and uh, retelling history in a memorable, memorable poetic form in a time before reading and writing were commonplace. By some reports, the bards held the highest social caste in society, and it was tabooed to refuse them any request. One even asked for a king's brooch, who was forced to comply, though the brooch was later returned. The Scaldic poetry of Scandinavia held a similar purpose and survives today in the Norse sagas and legends of the Norse gods. The AD&D 2nd Edition Player's Handbook cites Robin Hood's minstrel Alan A. Dale and his companion Will Scarlet. The mythical Irish poet, uh, American Glengoe, and the Greek poet Homer as real-world examples of the bard archetype. Um, the reception and influence. The D&D 3.5 Player's Handbook admits that while the bard is versatile, it lacks a single focus and is best played as the fifth member of party that has already filled the four core roles. Um, in 2017, former TSR employee Tim Kask admitted a dislike of bards as player characters. And this is a quote from him. I am not real fond of bards for the most part. Bards, again, are something that I thought would be useful as an NPC, not a PC. The bard class has appeared in numerous tabletop and role-playing game uh, computer role-playing games. The idea of music as a source of magic is key to the R. Tunnelico video game RPG series. The Bard was also in a series of video games called The Bard's Tale. And also uh, Wizardry, I believe, had bards in them. Um, Screen Rant rated the Bard class as the ninth most powerful class of the base 12 uh, character classes in 5th edition. The gamer rated the 5th edition Bard subclass College of Glamour as the ninth, ninth most awesome subclass out of the 32 new character options in Xanathar's Guide to Everything. 
Gus Werzek for 538 reported that of the 5th edition class and race combinations per 100,000 characters that players created on D&D Beyond from August 15th to September 15th, 2017. Bards were the third to last in player creations at 7,804 total. There were... Uh, Half-Elf was the most racial... common racial combination at 1,808, followed by Human at 1,454, then Tifling at 806. Bards are best when working with a well-balanced party that has all the standard classes covered, as mentioned about, like, before. Um, they're also one of the uh, standard classes offered in Neverwinter Nights. They work well with a few of the prestige classes offered. Um, the PRC series of hack packs expands on the list of prestige classes and has a couple of classes that are variants of bards or have a skill set comparable to bards. Um, offhand, I couldn't think of them. Uh, the bards I've seen played on different servers tend to be good characters that roleplay a good amount on servers. I've looked at it like it's probably a good way for some artistic people to be creative in both Neverwinter Nights and Tabletop Dungeons and Dragons. Bards offer that backup to most of the group. The ability to inspire and help affect other player characters' roles is really helpful when you have a full party to work with. With that, the only news I can mention for the NWN Facebook group is we have had several new posts with people displaying their artistic skills with either new music or 3D renditions of portraits from both Neverwinter Nights and the original Baldur's Gate. Um, the Neverwinter Night Vault is still thriving with new content. Uh, tabletop News has been mainly focused on the new Ravenloft book coming out on May 18th. Uh, they're going through and detailing the rest of the Demi-Plane of Dread, which I'm pretty excited about its release, uh, again on May 18th of this year. Um, as far as my worlds I'm creating, uh, I've been working on the one world first. I figured once I have it completed so far, we'll start work on the second one. Um, my creative partner is helping me with the second continent of the world and with some of the content that will exist in the first continent. Um, I have also continued to work on my story for both worlds and I have to start typing it up so I can start putting books out. Uh, I have started a Discord, but I I'm not I haven't put anything on it yet. I'm gonna start putting stuff onto it. Um, as I get content created for this other website, um, World Anvil. Uh, as I get content created for that, I will post it in on sections of my discord page and when my discord page is ready for people to come on and read it and see what you know it's all about and what my worlds are going to be like uh, you know I'll post links and let everybody know but I wanted everybody to know I'm getting that going um, I'm also considering bringing back reviews of books I purchased if you're interested in more book reviews, 
post a message on the InserSage Facebook page underneath this topic um, or this post of the podcast. And uh, with that, guys, this is kind of going to be a shorter episode. Um, needless to say, I'm going to try and, you know, make Sunday's episode a little meatier, but I was trying to just get totally caught up this week so that next week I can just do one episode. Um, I figured by doing two this week, doing two last week, that gets me totally caught up, and then next week I'll only have to do one episode, so I'll be able to find more content for all these different, you know, uh, topics like some of these other classes that are coming up, like Cleric, which I would believe would be uh, the next one after Bard. So, needless to say, uh, with that said, I want to be able to cover, you know, a bit more about Clerics. I'm, I'm not... With them, I kind of have to talk about the religions in Neverwinter, or not Neverwinter, not just one Neverwinter, but the religions in Dungeons & Dragons, the different fictional deities that exist on the different worlds and whatnot that people have the options of playing, you know, characters from, or not so much playing characters from, but, uh, you know... Uh, playing characters that worship the uh, gods of, yeah. But needless to say, um, it's getting kind of late. I got to get up early, and uh, I wanted to get this episode recorded and out there. Ne- uh, you know, just wanted to make sure I was getting content out. Uh, but I don't have any reviews for any shops I haven't been to any lately I'm going to probably go to the comic shop next Monday uh, pick up a couple miniatures um, and I'm going to start trying to paint some miniatures I bought paints, brushes, all sorts of stuff uh, i got to get plastic so I can put it on the table and uh, cover the table up, you know, where I want to paint. I'm going to clear off my table too. Uh, it's one of my lesser things is organization. It's something I'm working on, but it's something that I'm constantly working on. But needless to say, folks, I'm going to wrap this one up. I almost got it to the half hour. I managed to ink out another couple minutes. And uh, I'm going to wrap it up. I hope everybody has a good night. uh, You know, let's let the dice fall as they may. And keep gaming. Talk to everybody later. Peace out.